Oh, awesome. And uh, again, I just want to encourage you to just take some notes. Uh, you may want to, hey, this is what I want to discuss with my spouse, or hey, I, won't, I want to lock this down with our children, or anything like that. But you definitely don't want to walk away empty-handed. Amen? And, and I, I know you won't, but I think it'll be even more productive for you, for everyone, for the meeting, if you take some notes of some ideas that you can do uh, as a family from this discussion here tonight. Amen? Let's go ahead and pray. Father, we're so grateful once again, God, that uh, your plan is a family plan. And Father, we pray, God, that tonight you would give us uh, courage in our parenting and faith and vision, uh, God, that we can uh, be proactive in uh, continuing to inspire our children uh, to have a heart for you. And uh, God, there's, uh, uh, you know, there's very, things, very few things that are more important than the faith of our children, God. And I pray, God, that we can have uh, faith ourselves, God, and, and be able to have plans, God, of faith uh, to instill them, to inspire them so that they can choose you. We love you, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Can I have someone close this door for me, please? That would be great. Um, so just want to give you some quick, uh, you know, kind of a youth ministry update. We do have a youth council leader. And uh, we've been kind of discussing that, praying, figuring out what does that mean. And uh, so I'm encouraged to say that Ken Chow is uh, going to be our uh, youth council leader. And so uh, feel free to go to him for ideas and thoughts. Uh, just kidding. But really uh, thankful for, for Ken. You know, uh, he's already doing a lot. Uh, and obviously, you know, with work, family. Uh, but I appreciate his heart uh, just to, you know, pray about it, get some input clarification on what that means and kind of move forward here. And so uh, the next step is to uh, consolidate the, the council there. And so we, uh, we're kind of waiting for the youth council leader to get that going. Uh, we have a clear picture of what the council is going to look like. Uh, we're just having these people think about it, pray about it, and we're going to be moving forward. So it's very exciting where the South Bay, uh, you know, family ministry is going to go. Amen? Uh, you know, as uh, God brings people into the teen ministry, uh, God also sends people out. And so uh, we do have an update with, you know, we had all these leaders last time. And uh, it's funny how just a few weeks later it's like, oh, okay, you, you got you to gotta move. Amen. But, you know, things, uh, things happen. Uh, it's actually very encouraging for this person. But Ruthie, uh, our, 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 our sister that was going to be leading the team ministry here with DK, uh, she's actually going to be moving here in a few weeks uh, to go in, uh, to the Orange County ministry. And one of our heart's desire was to work with troubled girls, which is, you know, you want someone in the team ministry who has a passion for young women. And uh, God opened up different doors for her uh, to just, you know, continue that career. And so she's going to be uh, working directly with troubled girls there. And so it was a big challenge for her. Kind of, I just came in, I'm really excited, but this has been my heart's desire for a long time. But, you know, God gives us... Uh, the desires of our hearts, and so it looks like that's the case for Ruthie. So we're happy for her, sad to not have her, uh, but we're now going to be looking for another sister uh, to take her place to be the lead girl uh, in the teen ministry. Amen? If you don't have any teens, uh, this is still very important to you because they're coming. Uh, so, amen? Uh, amen. So we, just to review, you know, we discussed last time, okay, so what's a, what's a family ministry? When do we get together as a family ministry? And we identify, well, we don't. And so we need youth ministry nights. We need times like uh, tonight. And so, again, I want to just thank you for making the time. There's a lot of challenges to get together on a Saturday night. It's kind of the end of the week. 
uh, but I think there's so much more benefits. Uh, and so without youth ministry nights, there's not a time that we can be together as a family ministry. And so I just want to encourage you to do your best uh, to come. There's always going to be competing events like there was tonight. Uh, but, you know, uh, my vote here, we only meet nine times a week. I think this is more important than any meeting, uh, especially other meetings that possibly could be recorded. We want to be here. Uh, we want to connect. We want to continue the momentum. Uh, and so thank you for being here. Um, and so we identified, okay, so what's, what's the purpose? We, we knew that uh, we talked about, clear, you know, it was to connect. And uh, it's, you know, that's the purpose. That when you're coming, driving here uh, as a family, kind of holding the chili or whatever, uh, your goal is, okay, we want to we connect. I want to talk to so-and-so. I want to talk to so-and-so. I want to meet so-and-so. My kids brought up this kid's name several times. I want to go ahead and meet him. Uh, I want to be a big, you know, uh, aunt, uncle to him uh, or her, you know, different things like that. We need to be purposeful as we come. So, again, just want to want to thank you for that. We talked about, you know, connecting the four, uh, which, you know, will be the junior high ministry, the preteens, the teens, and the married. We come together. Everyone comes together. I'm excited now that we have a youth council. We're going to put together our curriculum, give it to you uh, at the beginning of the year of what we're going to be covering, uh, you know, different parenting topics. Uh, you know, I want to bring in my suggestions to the youth councils to, to bring in the quote-unquote the professionals uh, to teach us about, you know, what's going on in our kids' brains and different dynamics that perhaps we can't get to at a Sunday, at a midweek, uh, but nights like tonight that can really enhance and equip us as parents. Uh, amen? And so we uh, understood youth ministry night. The big importance is the transitions. Uh, you know, your kids are interacting. As they were playing video games, maybe you're not into it. They're into it. They're paying attention. They know who is, you know, and we want that kind of going on. Uh, and so it's important uh, for them because when they go from preteens to junior high, there's already uh, a friendship there. They already know it's not a huge transition. It's kind of a natural transition that leads to the, to the teens and, and so and so and so. We get, to, we get to grow up together. Another benefit we talked about, we're going to talk about family matters and different, different challenges, different opportunities. Uh, different weaknesses, and again, I want to encourage you to take some notes here tonight so that you could, uh, you know, walk away with something uh, that God wants you specifically uh, to do uh, in your family. Amen? So tonight, I want to share a statement with you. See what you think is true or not. When the church isn't converting the world, the world will convert the church. It's true. Back when you look at church history, you see great breakthroughs and you see catastrophes by them settling and living according to the people around them. You see that in the Old Testament many times with God's people uh, where they would compromise and soon they would just be like their neighbors, uh, worshiping other gods. Solomon himself bowing there in his wisdom to other gods. And I think it's important for us to, to understand this, there, is, there, is a, there is two worldviews uh, that are being set down to us, but especially to your kids. You're, you know, and so I want to change this up here a little bit. When the church isn't converting your child, the world will convert your child. This is true. You know, I don't know if your son or daughters have... Uh, gone into the age where it's all about what people think about them and their approval by their friends and 
you know, they were okay with you dropping them off with a certain car at some point, and now it's like, can you not drop me off with that car? Can you, can you just text me and I'll come to you? Uh, kind of thing. Uh, and again, it's, it's natural. They're, they're growing up. But again, if they're growing up with friends who have no faith, they may be great friends. They may be great character families. But Jesus is not the goal or the focus. That's a faith. That's a conversion. And I think that's happening more and more. And I think the goal here tonight is to equip you, to give you some ideas uh, on how to help your child have a genuine faith of what God can do. Amen? Amen. And I think this is something that, as parents, we need to be deliberate about. It's not just going to happen. Because if we're not involved and intentional, the world will get get in there. Uh, And again, their worldview will be where happiness, truth, love is a little different than God's way. And that means that they will be converted to that kind of thinking. Where it could lead to, oh yeah, the Bible, church, that's strange. This is safer anyway. I'm kind of light right here. There's less burdens. I don't have to really worry about setting an example. This is easier. Before you know it, God's word is just tuned out. And church is just another meeting. And we don't want that to happen. So let me ask you a question. What must our kids believe about God? What are some things you think are important that our kids should believe about God? Kind of an open-ended question there. So let's just... Yes? He has unconditional love. Awesome. What else? Yeah? He's faithful. He's forgiving. In control. Always present. That he's there, he sees you, he knows what you're doing, and he cares about you. Nice. He has a plan for their lives. That's a safety net right there. Again, that's ideas right there for Family Devils right there. Hope you've got those. But as I was thinking about the teen ministry, and you know, we work with a lot of teens that have grown up in the church, and we've seen a lot of different patterns. We don't know it all, but this is our responsibility, so we're kind of the voice to you guys of what we see. And so I, you know, I hope it's not coming across as complaining or whining or anything like that, but this is my responsibility to just voice out, hey, here's what we see that's working, here's what's concerning, this is what's alarming. That's part of what we see ourselves as our, our role, our service to you. We're kind of spies for you. And we kind of tell you. Uh, amen? So, we're just coming up with all these cool names to get people to come to the team ministry. Uh, you know, David, as he was facing the life as a young man, everyone's kind of scared. I'll go ahead and read a little bit of this. David says to the Philistine, You come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of our Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day, the world, the Lord will deliver you into my hands, and I will strike you down and cut off your head. This very day, I will give the carcass of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals. And the whole world will know, well, that's true, that there is a God in Israel. And all those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves. 
For the battle is the Lord's and he will give all you to our hands. Just got to read the whole thing. It's so awesome. But here's this young man facing Goliath. What did he believe about God? What do you notice? What did he believe? This young man, what did he believe about God? Yeah. God's the biggest. Powerful. Complete confidence. You know, he grew up in a home of faith with, you know, an ancestry of faith. And you see the dad kind of didn't really pick him right away. So there were some challenges there with the parenting going on. But someone from the outside came in and just gave a boost in David's faith. And that was Samuel. And Samuel had a message from God. And if you think about it, isn't God always using someone outside of the family to just kind of come in and Sometimes it's correction, sometimes it's inspiration, but it definitely helped to shape David's faith uh, right here. When you look at, you know, Jesus' ministry, and you see this, these scriptures, uh, in Matthew 19, 26, Jesus says, With man this is impossible, with God all things are possible. He repeats the same thing in a parallel passage. Uh, in Mark 9, With man this is impossible, with God all things are possible. And in John but this happened so that the work of God might be displayed in his life. What did Jesus want his disciples, Peter and the apostles, to know about God? That God could do the impossible. Again, this was a deliberate statement by Jesus. Went the extra mile to ask the second or third question to the guys, get them thinking and then told them plainly and clearly who God is and what God can do. You know, all the things that you said earlier, those are true. But when you put yourself in a kid's, a preteen's heart, a junior high ministry's heart, a teen's heart, and combine that with the world around them, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and just physically just kind of growing up, some emotional immaturity, good-hearted, what's the biggest thing that they need to know about God right now? And hopefully we can identify that tonight, and as you identify that, then you can plan ahead and be more deliberate in your inspiration, in your conversations, and in the training of your kids. Amen? So that the church can serve the purpose for what it exists to teach God's Word, to display God's love, so that we as a church can help our kids become Christians and not let the world train them to be so-and-so. Amen? And so what must our kids believe about God? I narrow it down, and this is, the, this is not the absolute truth, but I think it, in a kid's way, in a youth's way, it kind of encapsulates everything that you shared uh, earlier. And it's this, that God can do anything. Your kids are going to have many Goliaths in their lives. Personally, with their insecurities, with their fears, whether it's simply by joining a soccer team or any kind of team or competition. Some of the boys can have some fear. Learning to swim or dive to other more serious things. Like, man, I'm starting junior high. And my teacher just said some 
crazy things that I always thought were wrong, but I guess it's okay, isn't it? And my friend's been my friend for so long, and we've grown up together, but this summer something must have happened because they're very different, and actually people kind of like him more. I think I'm going to be more like him because I want to be liked. And all these different things can happen. And then when you get to a teenage, one of the reasons teens don't study the Bible is their fear is, will I be happy? That's what's important, really. It's not, you know, Jesus loves me. It's more, am I going to be happy? Now the heart will change as they continue to say the Bible. And the goal will be, God loves me. I want to live for Him. But most often, initially, it's, it, is, this, is this for me? Kind of thing. I've heard about it all along. I see the benefits of it. But none of my friends are pursuing this. So should I? Does that make sense? And then the fear, if, if I choose God, I'm going to be all alone. So and so may never change. They're happy the way they are. They'll never be open. They won't word it that way, but they'll think it. But if they believe that God can do anything, then so and so's confidence at school, it's not that impressive because hey, I know someone in the church that was just like you that now loves God. So I think this guy can become a Christian too. And we'll talk a little bit about how to accomplish that. Let's go to Romans chapter 10. How can you help your child believe that God can do anything? I think we're familiar with this passage here. We often read it and share it with people who we want to encourage for them to read their Bible more. In Romans 10, verse 17, it says, Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message, but the message is heard through the Word of Christ. So where does faith come from? The Word of Christ. So what happens when you start reading your Bible more? You get more faith. And I taught it, and I think that's, that's a, an accurate account to describe this passage, but a more accurate one is actually not talking about reading anything. It's talking about hearing the message from an individual. Because look in verse 14. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can any believe in the one whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet. It doesn't say the pages. It's a person's message of those who bring good news. God has added the human touch to His message. Therefore, Acts 17, 10, 17 has to do with a person coming into your home, into your life, and sharing about their faith in Christ. And I think we can sometimes say, okay, we've got to get our kids in the Word, and I think that's true. We need to teach them to value, to reverence, to know the Word of God. But I think a way to inspire them that God can do anything is by having our kids available for them to hear what God has done in people's lives. Amen? Oh, let me go back here a little bit. 
And so you can help them have faith by getting them to hear, see, and know faith. Well, where is this coming from? From people. I don't know if a family devotion is going to have a huge breakthrough in your child's heart. Do you need the family devotion? Absolutely. God's Word does not return back empty. And you establish conversations later on that, if you, for example, if you parents or priests, if you have ongoing spiritual conversations with your child, when they become teens, it's not going to be a hassle because you've already developed that, especially when you're vulnerable about it. And so when they're challenged, they'll be vulnerable about it. And please avoid correction. Like you see, okay, he's not cleaning up his bed. I got to go and use the Bible to correct. You got to really be careful that the Bible is not this disciplinary. You got to shape your character because they'll become performers. I want to get to the heart. To know God. To know how God feels about them. One of the things we're trying to get the teens to stop saying is, I have to do my quiet times. That's the wrong language. Don't say that. And a lot of them will open the Bibles in the morning or later in the day. Okay, what do I need? And that can become a bad habit. Because we're, some of them are guilt-ridden. And so they're like, I need to be more humble. I need to be more righteous. So before your Bible study is like, correction galore every day. Why not open the Bible? What can I learn about God? It may not, it may not help relate to me at all, but I'm going to learn something about Him. Amen. We're trying to get them in that, that mindset. You don't have to read something in the Bible that relates to you, especially at 6 in the morning where you're like, have, you're not going to get there. But read about God. Have that kind of mindset. And so, how will we get our kids to hear, see, and know faith? Can you see faith? Absolutely. When the paralytic was brought to Jesus, Jesus said, we saw their faith. You see it in their actions. And so, the goal here is to get you guys, to get the church into your homes so that you can hear testimonies of ranges of back, uh, stories, different people from all walks of life. And they'll remember that story of what God did forever. And one day, they'll meet a person that they'll, huh, this reminds me of this person. And instead of having a reaction of fear, they may never have become disciples, you have a reaction of faith. Man, I know someone that was just like you. And God changed them. Amen? And so, why family dinner testimonials is what I'm calling it. You can call it something else. But family dinner testimonials. To getting the church to come into your home or go out to a restaurant and you just kind of naturally just have a conversation. Hey, how did you become a Christian? And getting them to just share what God did for them. Who met them? How did they study? What did they, how did they react? What study was the most impacting? How did it go when you got baptized? Your mom persecuted you? Whoa! Did this happen? How did it go in the last five years? If they're married, hey, when did you meet your wife? What you're going to hear is a person telling them naturally the story. It's not going to be preachy. It's not going to be, now you're planning. But they're hearing, wow, this is a real person outside of my parents who seems very happy about what God has done. And 
They're destroying myths that I'm growing up hearing. Oh, really? You did that in high school and you regretted it? That's how it went for you after high school? Whoa. They probably won't react that way, but they're listening. They're engaged. Especially if you have children that are not too excited about having a family people and reading through Scripture. But hearing a story of what God has done. And it's a double-edged sword because what happens when you share a story of what God did for you? Man, you get to remember. Man, God fought for me. That's my story. As I get to remember all the way from my birth to just kind of what different things that God did. The theme for my life is, man, God fought for me. Of course I'm going to fight for Him. And it helps me when I share my story. And so you're, it's a double-edged sword. Amen? But I think it's Romans 10. It's bringing people into your home to share what God has done for them. And the next time they're at church, they'll see so-and-so and they'll see them differently. They'll hug them differently because that person is a testimony. God is powerful. God can do anything. Are you guys with me? Yeah. And that's the plan. How can you help your kid believe that God can do anything? There's a lot of different things. But I think one that we can do as parents is the family dinner testimonials. And this isn't something that I want to encourage you to do this month. I want to encourage you to make a habit of having people in your home or meeting with people, people somewhere for dinner and hearing their testimony. Amen. The singles ministry especially needs you, Mary, in their lives because you give them hope and relationships. The teen leaders, youth leaders, absolutely. But I think even amongst yourselves, for them to hear you share your testimonies. Hey, that next time you guys call pull together, it's going to mean something completely different. Amen. Got to move on here. Oh, sorry. Egypt's conversion. For us, the way that we became Christians, not all of us, but most of us, I know it's for me, is what I call is we come from Egypt, where we kind of failed in life a little bit. We kind of crashed and burned there. Not all of us, but a lot of us. Married single well, we were singles, college, something, we just, we just found ourselves hungover somewhere, or just feeling like, is this it? We tried it. It did work. And so how we became to God and to Christ, most of us was a little bit out of just desperation. Yeah, there's nothing to go back to. This sounds awesome. And then you make all the connections of, whoa, and amen for the commitment. So you know it's true when you make the leave, not for the benefits, but for the commitment and serve God. But what about our children? They're not growing up in quote-unquote Egypt. They have you, who's here tonight, who's trying, who loves God, who seeks advice, who, yeah, makes mistakes, but you get help. They have youth leaders that pray for them, study with them, hang out with them. What? We live in the U.S. in Southern California. Dwight Howard just came to the Lakers. I mean, he had it good. How to throw it out there. How to throw it out there. And so, how their, quote unquote, how their conversion is going to be, is going to be a little different. 
Are you with me right here? And sometimes I want to speak to you know to the parents who were uh, became Christians after campus ministry, later in life, whether you guys were already married or you were single or living together or whatnot, but you weren't converted into youth ministry or in the campus ministry, I want to say something to you uh, just to consider. But you're kind of at a disadvantage. And here's why. Because people who become disciples in the teen ministry and the campus ministry, there are certain spiritual muscles that are always exercised. Guarding your heart and the opposite sex. And when you become Christian later in life, you don't have those trials. You've kind of already settled in that area. You're married. Yeah, there's challenges here and there, but no, you're not single. And so you're not very in tune with what your kids are going to start going through junior high and high school. And so you want them to hear, you know, filtered horror stories. And just realities of things that happen and consequences when we go outside of the boundaries of God. And you have a single person completely joyful saying, I am just grateful to love God. That preaches way more than, okay, here's God's plan for you. Does that make sense? Even though that's still needed. So why have... You know, these dinner testimonials, why make this a, a, a habit in your family, a conviction in your family? Because their conversion is going to be a little different. And you see it in the Old Testament. Go ahead. Oh. Yeah. youth council leader right there, Ken. But that's great. And I was going to bring that up. because, uh, And I'll bring that up in a little bit. That's a great idea, though. Thank you. Uh, but I think you've got to understand, for them, they're kind of living here in a good life. And again, their need for God is going to be a little different than ours. And for them, it's going to be more of, am I going to be happy here? It's really selfish thing, but that, it's what it is. That's how it was with God's people when they entered the promised land. And in Judges 2.10, one of the saddest scriptures there, it says that a generation grew up that neither knew God nor what He had done. What's the point? God deliberately wants the parents in the, you know, the faith community to share who God is and what God has done. Dinner, family dinner testimonials are not an invention. Perhaps the name is. But I think it's very biblical. To have people come in and our kids to hear what, who God is and what God has done. Amen? And so, our Egypt, you know, let's share here a little bit. What impacted you the most uh, as you were becoming a Christian? Let's share real quick. What impacted you the most as you were... Becoming a Christian. Yeah. Okay, I think the fact that I was completely unlovable and people loved me anyway. Okay, unconditional love. Great. Yes. I think that people were very open about their lives, even though it wasn't perfect. Right. Awesome. One more. Yeah. Yeah, so that was fresh, that was new, we were adults. Whoa! 
for them, they're hearing this all the time and all the time. And even at a Sunday level, it's a little impersonal. You don't have the I know him, I know her factor. It's just more church. So you need it more in the home. Uh, Again, for them, what will impact them the most about becoming a Christian, I believe is a little bit of the adventure. Of the impact that you can have in this life when you walk with God. Your kid is not the only kingdom kid. They don't need to go into the world and experience the world, fail and come back. Though that can happen, and that is totally possible still. But for those of you guys that have younger kids, they can become Christians without going out there. You know, when Jesus started His ministry, He called John the Baptist's disciples. You guys think these guys were quote-unquote good people? If they're working with John the Baptist? I mean, we know John the Baptist. He had some deep convictions. Of course! Nathaniel and Andrew, these guys, I believe, were just good kingdom kids who just wanted to purely love God. And when Jesus came to them, He didn't convict them about their sin. He just said, you know, Nathaniel, I think that's his name, I'm just making it right. I saw you by the tree. Uh, you know, oh, you, you know, he was a little prideful, you know, self-righteous kingdom kid. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. How did, how did you know me? I am awesome. <laughs> and what did Jesus do? He inspired him. He didn't try to convict them. He didn't try to, you know, you really need me. He just said, from now on, you're going to see greater things. And for the kingdom kid to see greater things. Well, what's greater things? Well, when you know people are being changed. Going out to share your faith means a little different. When it's preached about and talked about, when it's read about, it's a little different. Serving and helping the poor, it's a little different because you've had the person face to face. These family dinner testimonials are very important. And I want to encourage you to dream about, get a clear vision, have a family discussion, and plan it out so that your kids can be excited. You know, real quick, we asked, I surveyed some of the junior high kids. I'll go quickly here. But I asked them a lot of different questions, but I snuck those two questions in. Who said the Bible with your parents? Here's boys. Not sure. And I spelled it the way they spelled it. To keep it genuine. It wasn't me. Alright? I have no idea. A lot of people. I have no clue. Doug and Angela. Calvin Johnson, please. Calvin doesn't spell wrong, right? And Elaine, for my mom. I don't know who studied the Bible with Oh, it's a little concerning. For the sisters, for the girls, Scott and Julia Coleman. I don't know Brian Craig and Mom Jessica Craig. Disciples, her sister, I don't remember. Girls pay a little bit more attention. But, you know. Uh, have they told you their story? What inspired you the most? They stopped smoking and being bad. Uh, yes, they have. Yes, I don't know. Yes, my mom left her elbow out of the water. Uh, Alright. Um, I have no idea. Not sure. Okay. I don't remember, but I know he told me. For the girls, my mom told me some of the parts, but my stepdad did it. 
this is the question, have, you, have they told you the story of what inspired you most? Yes, they have, but I don't remember. Yes, they have told me my dad was really faithful to my mom after she had been through a lot. Not really, I don't know. Yes, they have. How much God changed their lives? And then this one's like, you know, just people in Arizona. <laughs> question, but I think it's it's a little revealing that and again, it's kids. I don't even know if they wanted to answer my questions. I don't think we should take it too serious, but it does give us a little glimpse that a lot of them don't know who studied the Bible with you. So they, how will they be seeking to people study the Bible with them? That's not an element that they've thought about. They haven't, you know, they haven't heard your, your gratitude for the people that studied the Bible with you. They're not going to be grateful for the people helping them. Does that make sense? And so, it's important that they know our testimony. But this is honestly a pattern that we notice a lot. Where a lot of the kids that we've worked with over the years, a lot of them don't know where their parents were baptized, who studied with them, how long they've been Christians. It just stops being mentioned. It stops being celebrated in the home somewhere along the way. So it's not even part of that family culture to bring up who God is and what God has done. So everything that we just talked about is not coming from some of the parents even. So maybe you, have you deliberately planned to tell this, your story to them? Make sure, make sure that, that you do. Amen? Yeah. Uh, and so uh, having the church coming to your home and hearing their testimony, be intentional about this message. If it's not deliberate, it will not be communicated. What does that mean? You've got to do a great job of setting up the dinner, the person who's coming. You don't have to coach them, here's what I want you to do. Tell them this, this, this. That would be kind of weird and not very spiritual. But I think you just want to have, hey, we just want to encourage you, but you know, we want to hear your story. Um, when can you come on over? Uh, we'd love to encourage you as a family. Uh, and you maybe get more creative. Okay, we all share one aspect of what God has done for us. And, you know, that always leads to other questions. I know when I'm invited to dinner, I almost always end up talking about uh, what God has done for me and how I become a Christian. Because amongst disciples and new relationships, that's always asked. Hey, how long have you been a Christian? Oh, wait, you were coming to the campus? What year? Oh, I was with so-and-so. Literally, it just kind of happens, but it's not intentional or planned. I think we've got to be more intentional about it uh, so that our kids... Uh, can hear it. You know, the opposite is true of this scripture. Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. What's the opposite? Well, good company creates good character. You're going to have your kids have friends from the church for the rest of their time within that church until they go off to college. Because they just had a personal connection with this person. Amen? Think about it for you. When you hear a testimony of someone new to the church, I've never seen this person. And you hear their story, their upbringing, what happened with dad and mom, and this crazy car ride, and you're like, should he be sharing that? You know, all these different things, but how do you see that person later in the fellowship? All you associate is, that's that's so-and-so. Hey, thank you for being so vulnerable, or hey, thank you for sharing that. You have no idea what their name is, you know, if you're like me, but you remember their story. How much more for a younger person? to have them in their home and then know them by name. So come church Sunday, hey, it's a constant reminder 
And see, if they're single, then they get married. Whoa, they get to be a part of that. You see the clear vision here of the plan. Uh, and so, uh, you know, quick question there. At church, when is your child the most engaged? Well, I look around all the time. It's when they're hearing a story. Amen for worship. Amen for preaching. Amen for the welcome and communion. When are they most engaged? When they're hearing a story. And the Bible says there, we overcome, uh, same by the blood of the Lamb, verse 11, and then by the word of their testimony. Again, you're communicating faith, and what you're communicating overall, I believe, is, hey, God can do anything. He can change anyone. He can alter the course of any person. And He can take someone that was religious, someone that wasn't religious, someone that was well-educated, someone that was not, someone that was wealthy, someone that was... You know, just all the stories. And then they'll associate them with people they interact with and work with and say, hey, you remind me of so-and-so. And I believe this has been limited. And so, in the church, until now that we're going to do it. Amen? Amen. You know, last point here. You remember Thomas? Jesus rose from the dead, got in the room, said, hey, here am I. Then they told Thomas, he's like, I don't believe it. Why didn't Thomas believe? Where was he? He wasn't there. Sometimes we're like, oh, you're like Thomas. We kind of make fun of him. The guy just wasn't there. And I think our kids may not believe, not because of some crazy issue or different situation or the youth ministry is not like this, I think sometimes it's simply because it just didn't show up. And I think, why not have God show up at the dinner table and have someone that He's rescued share what God has done for him or for her? So that we'll have no Thomas's situations here. Jesus made a point. Oh, he believed. He, he doubts. I'll go to him. Your child may be doubting certain areas. Hey, Jesus wants to come into your home through a person like we read in Romans 10. Amen? Amen. So please, family dinner testimonials, set them up. Hear, see, and know faith. Be intentional. If it's not deliberate, it won't be communicated. Um, I hope this topic, hope this little thing has just inspired you, stimulated your thinking here to get different ideas, different people that you want. Tina and I would love to be part of your homes. We're invited all the time. A lot of our youth leaders are almost not always invited. So I'm not saying, hey, invite me over to your home. Uh, but there's a lot of different people. Uh, that doesn't have to be a youth leader. People in the church. Uh, amen? So you can talk to different community group leaders, singles leaders. Tina and I, we can suggest different people that you can have. Encourage them, but also have them uh, do everything that we just shared about. Amen? Amen, guys. I just wanted to share that. We're going to close out with a prayer. I want to encourage you to have some discussions among yourselves. We're not going to break up because we're a little over time here. Uh, five minutes over uh, after eight. Uh, but I want to encourage you to get some, get some feedback from each other and share some of these thoughts. Uh, amen? amen? Let's pray. God, uh, thank you so much that you go way out of your way to help us with our children. We know that you love them way more than we do. And I pray, God, that all of our kids, Father, uh, would have a fair shot of knowing you, of seeking you, of loving you, of choosing you, God. 
I pray for each and every family here, God, that we would become a married ministry that is always having people in our homes to encourage, but also that we'll reap the benefits as a family for the people that we have in our homes. I pray, God, that your spirit would work powerfully, that our kids would hear the right testimonials, Father, that would move them. It may have nothing to do with them, but it will have everything to do with you. And I pray that we would have a genuine, childlike faith, that we can believe who you are, and that you are able to do everything and anything. We love you, God. Thank you for everyone that was here tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen, guys. Thanks for being here. Have some great discussions and planning.